Well, I guess it would be befitting for me to say good morning. Anybody that would wait to be on a call at midnight, I most definitely honor and respect you. Thank God for your time. And I'm going to make it my business to not keep you on here too long. As you know, I've been doing a lot of teaching, and it's my desire. I told you over the last couple of weeks, my life has tremendously changed over what God has shared with me. You know, it's amazing how you can be in church for so long, or you can know the Word and know what you know, and still find out that there's more. Whenever you get into a place where you think you know it all, I promise you, you set yourself up for disaster. We are ever learning. We are learning more and more. We don't know the truth. We know truth. Now, we do know the truth when it comes to the person of Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We do know that truth. And we're grateful to the Lord for that. But we don't know all truth. No one knows it all. We are learning every day. God's teaching us more and more about him. And if you are humble and broken before him and your heart is right, compassionate, I promise you, surely, 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 for sure, God is showing you more and more who he is. And You know, I've been teaching, uh, especially on these last couple of calls about finance and about giving. Of course, my other calls have been about it, but I really want to um, balance it out when it comes to that because you really got to understand this so that you're not confused. And I don't want you to be confused because on one hand, I tell you that, Everything is already provided, and there's nothing you have to do for it to be provided. But then on the other hand, I tell you, you're saved by grace through faith. And I want you to get a really good understanding of this so you can grasp it, and the blessing of God can really manifest in your life. You know, when you were a kid, you used to have these little things called connect the dots, and it would go from one to two to three to four to five, and you would get a pen or a pencil. And you would connect those dots. And by the time you got done connecting those dots, it might have been an animal. It might have been a home. And what I want to do is over those last three teachings that I've already taught on the last three clarion calls, I want to connect the dots so you can really get an understanding of giving. When it comes to the grace of God, the first thing I want you to understand is when you give, giving does not make God give back to you. All right. Nothing you do makes God do anything. I keep telling you, you can't move God because he's not stuck. I'm telling you, you can't make God do anything. God moves out of his own volition, moves when he gets ready. The Bible declares that everything he did, he did after the counsel of his own will. So you can't make God do anything. But when you do give, you just excess what's already been given by grace. And I told you that many of you out there who have given and given and you've not seen any um, benefit to your giving. And I shared with you First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, which says very clearly, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. That if my giving is not motivated by love, you're not going to get anything. That everything is all about your motives. And when you give, your motives have to be right. And I hear a lot of people all the time say, I'm going to pray and I'm going to move in faith so that I can move God. But you cannot move God to do anything that he hasn't provided by grace. 
everything that God is going to do, he has already done it. According to Ecclesiastes, God doesn't, everything that God does, he does forever. He doesn't add anything to it, neither does he take anything away. So my faith doesn't make God do anything. No, it doesn't, because God has done everything he's going to do, and he did it by his grace. Not of my works, unless any man should boast. It has nothing to do with my performance, nothing to do with what I do. That's not what causes God to move. But my faith or my performance is what releases faith to cause what is in the spirit realm to manifest in the natural so that I can receive what has been provided by grace. I told you in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, a very familiar passage. I'm sure you've read it before, but it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, not grace alone, but through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So grace alone isn't enough. And you have a lot of people that are teaching grace, 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 grace. Of course, I believe in grace. But grace alone isn't enough. It must be mixed with faith. All right? So God's grace is what saves you. It is the grace of God that brought you out of darkness. That is God's unmerited undeserved, unearned favor. That's what grace is. Nothing you did, nothing you could do, nothing that is ever in your power to do. It is already done, and it is done by grace. But faith is what causes what has been provided by grace to impact your life. I even showed you that grace is not enough because Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says that the grace of this gospel has appeared unto all men. So I told you that everybody has received grace, and if grace is all it took for you to be saved, everybody would be saved. Muslims, Hindu, atheists, agnostics, everybody has received grace, according to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. But grace is what provides, but it is faith that reaches out and grabs what grace has provided. Yes, you have everything by grace, but it takes faith to receive what grace has already provided. I hope you understand that. Romans chapter 5, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace when we stand. So grace alone is not enough. You must access what has been granted to you by faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I, I always explain it to you like this. Sodium chloride produces something called salt. And, you know, too much sodium will kill you. And too much chloride will kill you. But if you combine those two poisons together, it becomes something essential for life, which is salt. You can't have too much grace, but you can't have too much faith. If you have too much of either one, it is poisonous because all error is, is one truth given or taken at the expense of others. And you have people that just love grace, 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 grace. 
but they don't understand the faith. And then you have the faith, 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 faith that don't have an understanding of grace. So when you give believing that God has already commanded the blessing, that's how you're supposed to give. If I believe that God has already provided the blessing, according to Deuteronomy 8.18, that I've given you power to get wealth, and Psalm 35.27, which said he has pleasure in my prosperity. If I believe that God has already provided and God has already commanded the blessing, because I believe that, that's why I give. And when I believe that, that's a reason to sow. Why am I sowing? Because if I believe that the blessing is already on my life, I give in faith because faith without works is dead. Am I making sense? Faith without works is dead. Grace provided it. The blessing is on my life. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a multimillionaire. I'm good in my business. I'm doing exceptionally well. I believe the favor of God is on me. I'm not giving to get God's favor. If I give to get God's favor, I'm in works. No, I am favored, and because I'm favored, I'm going to give. Because I believe he's my source, I'm going to give. First John 2 and 2. You know what the word of God says, that he's the propitiation for our sins, not ours only, but the sins of the whole world, which means Christ did not just die for you, but he died for the whole world. How did he do it? By grace. But you must put faith into that. It's not enough just to say, he, he, I believe he died. Okay, if you believe it by faith, you have to receive it. It's very hard for you to understand this because we don't have no example of grace and faith in the earth. We have no example. So that's why it's so hard for you to get this. You've never seen that kind of love that God has already done everything for you by grace. You don't know anyone like that. You don't know no one that loving, that kind, that compassionate, that 2,000 years ago, they healed you, and it had nothing to do with you. How do you know it had nothing to do with you? Because you didn't exist. You wasn't born. So it could not have had anything to do with you because 2,000 years ago, you were not born. You were not in your mom's mind, your dad's mind, your grandma's mind, or your great, 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 great grandma's mind. But guess what? You were on the mind of God. And by grace, he paid that debt. So when you say things like, I got to pray, I got to speak the word, I got to do this, or I got to do that, no, because God already did it. I don't get in the word for God to be happy with me, or for God to save me, or for God to deliver me, or for God to heal me, because he saved me 2,000 years ago. But I get in the word so that I can find out what is true about me. I don't give for him to bless me, but I give because he's already commanded the blessing. You have to give in faith. If you don't give in faith, you're not going to get it. And some of you, this is very hard for you because you're giving and you're giving because you want something. You're giving because you're trying to get God to move. And because your faith is misplaced, 
You are bound by works. And let me tell you, most of us in here understand what it is to be bound by works. That's what we were taught. That's our belief system. That's how we learn. But God is saying, by grace, I did everything for you. And if you believe I did everything for you, you're going to give a positive response to what I have provided and done by grace. That's what faith is. Faith is my positive response to what God has already provided. And if you don't believe that, I'm telling you right now that you are in works and you are in legalism. If you are reading your Bible for him to be pleased with you, if you are praying because you're trying to get something, or you believe that God has a program that if you do this, you get three stars. If you do this, you get eight stars. If you do this, you get nine stars, or you're going to get this for doing this. If that's the reason behind what you're doing, your faith is misplaced, and you are bound by legalism, and you are going to be hindered. And I want to tell you something. You are trusting in yourself and what you can accomplish and how well you can pray and how well you can fast and how many times you can quote the scripture. And I want to tell you something, that the sin of trusting yourself will hinder your blessing more than adultery. More than having sex outside of marriage. And I know some of you say, Private Con, you have lost your mind. No, I haven't. When you trust yourself and believe in what you do more than what Christ has done, you have entered into self-righteousness. I bear them record they have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. They being ignorant of God's uh, of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness. Until you get an understanding of that, I'm telling you that you are in works. God loves you. God cares about you. God is in love with you. He's not mad at you. He's not going to give you a spanking. He's not trying to destroy you. His thoughts towards you are good, not evil, and to give you an expected end. And he's already provided everything that you need by grace. But it is faith that appropriates what you have received by grace. And a lot of you think that there are things that you have to do to receive what God has done. All right? So people say, if you do this, you're going to get this. If you do this, you're going to do this. And I want to tell you right now, God, some people say, uh, I live right, so God got to do it. I prayed, so God got to do it. I fasted. I put seed in the ground, so God got to do it. God doesn't have to do anything, and you cannot manipulate God to do anything. So if you are giving and praying and sowing, and the motivation behind what you're doing is works and ability to manipulate God, you will never see the blessing of God manifest in your life. And you're asking, why aren't you blessed? Why aren't I healed? And then you begin to say, I do this, and I do that, and I pray, and I fast. It's amazing when you walk up to people and say, probably, why I'm not blessed? I fast, I pray, I give, I give my tithes. And do you know that that person, the minute they say that, I know they're wrong. 
because guess what they're doing? They're focusing on what they do and not what Christ has done. God has revealed his love to you through his grace. That's the love of God, that you don't have to do anything, and he died for you when you wasn't paying him any attention, independent of you, nothing to do with you, and the counsel of his own will made a decision to die for people who would reject him. And it had nothing to do with you because you were not even born. And when you take the time and meditate that the God of the universe, the offended, came and died for the offender, why does he love me like that? Why does God love me like that? Why would he die for me like that? Why? 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 Why would he do that? I want to let you know that if you're saying, why I don't have this because I do this, and why I don't have, God is not moved by you. That is works. God, by grace, has provided everything that you're going to need, independent of your performance, and he did it through Jesus 2,000 years ago. But the only way you receive that is by faith. Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith. It is the gift of God. It's a done deal. Salvation, atonement, deliverance, healing, promotion, uh, what else? Uh, finances, whatever you joy, peace, all of that has been provided by grace through faith. But with your faith, you receive what grace has already provided. And the reason I tithe and the reason I give and the reason I sow, it is a step of faith because I believe that God has provided for me by grace. I'm going to take a step of faith and reach for what God has already provided. Now, that's good. And I hope you are really understanding this teaching because if you do, it's going to change your life and you're going to stop looking, doing things to please him. And I look doing things. I'm trying to make God happy. God loves you independent of you. You have been accepted into the beloved because of his love towards you. But faith is your positive response. If you believe that you received everything by grace, you're going to respond by faith. And that by faith is, will cause you to live holy and to do what you're supposed to do and to walk away when you're supposed to walk away. Not because I want him to accept me, but because he has accepted me. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 say, therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And a lot of people, you have faith in what you do and not what the grace has provided. Faith doesn't make God move. He moves solely on what grace has provided. You can quote this scripture a million times, Mark eleven twenty four, but you, you can only desire and pray for what grace has provided. 
He hasn't provided you to have someone else's husband, to rob a bank. God's not a thief. So I don't care how much you say, I prayed, I desired, I believe I received, I shall have them. If it's not what grace has provided, you're not going to receive it. It is faith that moves you to grace. And if you don't understand that, you're operating in legalism, you're operating in performance, and you're operating in dead works because you can't force God. I want to show you how to fall in love with him and that the motivation behind everything you do should be love. This man died for you, independent of you. You did nothing to deserve it. Just think of somebody who did that for you. If somebody was willing to pay the price and die for you because you were getting ready to die, and they said, don't do it, take my life instead, and they didn't even know you, had nothing to do with you, no connection to you, that's love. You can't force him to do anything. You can't manipulate God to do anything. And if you think that you giving makes God bless you, that's wrong. I'm giving, and because I gave, God's going to bless me. No, my giving don't make God do nothing. If I believe that my giving makes God bless me, then watch this. I have faith in my faith and not faith in what grace has provided. Now, that is powerful. I said, I have faith in my faith and not faith in what grace has already provided. I gave, I pray, I fast, I do this, I do that. You have faith in your ability and faith in faith and not faith in what God has provided. Faith is your way of responding to what God has provided. And it's the same thing when it comes to tithe. If you don't mind, let's go to Malachi chapter 3. I hope I'm getting somewhere, and I hope people are being blessed and their lives will be a change. I hope you're really getting this teaching. This teaching is not a teaching that you can just hear one time. You have to keep hearing this because this is the only way you're going to get free from this, even when it comes to tithing. Because this is the scripture that people use when it comes to tithing to make people feel bad about giving. Malachi 3 and 8, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and in offering. Verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. And that is the scripture that we use. And that's the old covenant scripture when it comes to tithe. But I believe that we have a better covenant. And according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, now your pastor's not going to tell you this. Because if your pastor tells you this, then he has to trust God. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Tithing was under the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, tithing was here before the law. And what the law did, because remember, Abraham gave a tenth of his force to Melchizedek. But when this scripture was written, tithe had been going on before that for at least 400 years. 
What the law did was reinforce tithing and put a curse on it. And now you became cursed if you don't pay uh, your tithe. And you were cursed if you didn't pay more than your offering and your tithe. But Second Corinthians, but remember, that's under the Old Covenant. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says this. Prophet Connor, you lost your mind? No, I just study my Bible, and I want to have integrity. Every man, as he hath purpose in his heart, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. The mentality that I'm cursed if I don't give has to change. Because this means that the only reason you're giving is because you're afraid you're going to be cursed. Now, in the new covenant, your giving is not dictated or commanded. He said, as you purpose in your heart, so let you give. Pastor, are you saying that you're not supposed to tithe? No, I'm not saying that you're not supposed to tithe, but your mentality about tithing has to change, that you're only tithing because you're afraid that a curse is coming upon you. You will not be cursed if you don't tithe. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. This is something that I taught. That's why I can preach it, preach it with such boldness, because I've taught it, and I've taught it in error. And it took me a long time to get this. You are not cursed if you don't give your tithes. But I'm telling you that if you don't tithe, you're stupid. Because you are telling God by faith that, Lord, I'm going to let go of this money even though you don't make me do anything, but because I trust that you have already provided for me and you have already healed me and you have delivered and you've commanded a blessing on my life, I'm going to give. Your giving should not be out of fear. I'm scared God's going to get me. I'm scared this is going to happen. Keep it because your motivation behind your giving is not love. Am I making sense? I hope so. It's just like a child, and you tell a child that if you don't look to the left or the right before you cross the street, I'm going to whoop you. Let's say you told that to your child. If you don't look left and right before you cross the street, I'm going to whoop you. And let's say your child when it got ready to go across you and they didn't look left or right, you're going to beat the brakes off of them because they didn't look left or right. Am I making sense? That child, the next time when they get ready to cross the street, they're not going to not look to the left or right because of the danger of them going in the street and a car coming. They're going to not look left to right because of the fear of the spanking. Now you need to listen because if you understand this, a great revelation is getting ready to come to you whereby your life can be changed. If you had a child and that child did not look left to right and you beat them when they didn't look left to right, 
That child, a one-year-old child, a little child, is not going to not cross the street looking left and right because they are afraid of a car hitting them. They are afraid of your whooping. A one-year-old child doesn't understand reasoning. If you had a little kid and your kid had a brother and the brother stole and 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 the brother and your child would go and take the toy from his brother. Guess what you would do? Because he was being selfish, you would spank him. You would beat him. You would not sit down with a one-year-old child and say, "Johnny, don't take that toy because if you take that toy, one day you're selfish, and that's very selfish, and that's very stuck on yourself. And for you to be like that, one day you're going to get married, and you can't be married and be selfish because one day you're going to come home and your wife is going to be gone, and the lights are going to be off. You're going to look at that, that child going to look at you like you're crazy because at one years old, that child doesn't understand reasoning. But if you spank that child when they take that toy, the next time they get ready to take the toy, they're going to remember that spanking. Am I making sense? They're not not taking the toy because they understand. They're not taking the toy because they are fearful of punishment. That was under the old covenant. They gave that way out of punishment because they, they didn't have the spirit of God. They did not have discernment. They didn't have the ability to know what was right from wrong. So they had to give according to fear and punishment. But now that I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me, he'll let me know, and he'll trust me and speak to me and say, it's time for you to give. It's time for you to stop limiting me. It's time for you to give bigger. But most of you are children, and because you are spiritually children, the only way you will give to God is through fear, through punishment, because you are afraid that if you don't give to God, you're going to be cursed. If I don't give, this is not going to happen, and it's hindering the blessing in your life because the motivation behind your tithe is corrupt. Now, that's good. Am I making sense? It's like a gentleman I knew, and I started talking to him about this, and he said, I'm tithing and tithing and tithing and tithing, and I'm just not getting nothing. I tithe, and I do what I'm supposed to do, but he was doing, I mean, he was tithing down to the penny. If he made $213.83, he was giving uh, $213. He would give $21, I believe, in 38 cents. He was tithing down to the penny, but he wasn't doing it out of love. He wasn't doing it out of care. He wasn't doing it out of wanting to just love on God and God, just letting God know that I trust you as my source. He was not giving by faith. He was giving out of fear and out of obligation. And I was beginning to talk to him and teach this to him. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. 
uh, just tithing like this because I broke it down. So you're tithing out of fear. That's why you're not blessed. That's why you're not seeing increase. That's why you're not manifesting the blessing of God because you're not tithing out of love. You're tithing out of fear, out of punishment. And because that's the way you're tithing, it's hindering the blessing from manifesting in your life. And he decided to just give, not out of obligation, not because, you know, stop giving by his check and, oh, I got to give this amount. But he said, you know, I'm just going to trust God and give when the Spirit of God leads me to give. And by the time he looked up his giving, when he was only given 10%, he went and looked and said, my God, I'm being blessed all of a sudden. So he said to himself, I must have wasn't given tithe. I must wasn't given enough tithe. Because all of a sudden, all of these blessings are pouring in. And when he looked back at his giving, his giving without being obligated, without doing it in fear, being led of the Spirit, he had actually went up to giving 25%. He, he wasn't no longer giving 10 He was giving 25 But he wasn't doing it out of obligation. And I'm telling you right now, if your motive is wrong behind your giving, that's why you're poor. You need to renew your mind and give with the right motive. And the right motive is I'm already blessed and I give in faith because I believe that. Not I, 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 I need a blessing. I need the curse to be lifted. Christ has redeemed you from the curse. But I'm already blessed, and because I'm blessed, I'm giving in faith because I believe that I'm blessed. Another scripture, Malachi 3, another thing that people like to use, and I'm not going to say people because I've done it too. Malachi chapter 3, look at what it says. Another thing it says, there's the scripture that the people like to use, Malachi chapter 3, verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And that's another scripture that people say that that's the only place in the Bible that God will rebuke the devourer for you. That your time, you don't have to rebuke the devil, that God will rebuke the devil for you. That's good, good preaching, good TV, but it's not good theology. God had to rebuke the devourer for them in the old covenant because they didn't have power over the devil. But now we're in the new covenant and God doesn't have to rebuke the devourer. We rebuke the devourer. We resist the devil. We have authority. Nowhere in the Old Testament did they cast out devils. Why? Because they had no authority to. But you have authority to cast out the devil. But then I want to look at something else. It says, bring ye all the tithe, verse 10, into the storehouse. And I'm going to say something that's really going to mess with a lot of pastors. And if you're listening to me and you uh, get offended, too bad. But I want to let you know that most people think that the storehouse is the church. And I do believe that the storehouse is the church if it's a good church that's teaching you the word of God, that's giving you great teaching. Because, see, a storehouse is where people would put their food, is where they would put their corn and their harvest, that whenever they got ready to eat 
or to be fed, they would go to the storehouse. And if you are at a church that's feeding you, where you're being taught the word of God, your belief systems are being challenged, they're in the word of God, they're helping you, they're helping your spiritual growth, they're helping your life, they're helping your family, that is a storehouse. But if you're at a church and the only reason you're there is because your mom went there, your daughter went there, your grandmama bought the pew, your daddy bought a brick, and you're not being fed, and you're having to go look on TV to get fed, and the only reason you're there is because your family goes there, that church is not a storehouse. And you are violating principles. And if you sow into that church that is teaching false doctrine, that is teaching error, you become a partaker of whatever they're preaching. Now, that's powerful. Okay, so you need to ask yourself, where are you being fed? Because wherever you're being fed is where you get your food from. And wherever you get your food, that's where you ought to be tithing. That's where you ought to be giving. And I want to let you know, every church is in a storehouse. That if you have to listen to me and listen to uh, 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 me preach or ministers on TV or whatever, if that's what you have to do in order for you to be fed, then that's where you ought to be tithing. If you're not being fed at the church you're at, they're not feeding you. They're not giving you what's beneficial. You're not learning. Your life is not being changed. That is not a storehouse. And that's another reason you're not being blessed. Because you give where you are being fed. You give into the storehouse. And I'm telling you that it is not my desire for you to have to tithe into me. I would desire for everyone to tithe into their church. Because if everyone is tithing into their church, that means that their church is a storehouse. All right? But I'm not crazy. And I know that a lot of people are preaching, and what they're preaching is wrong. They're not studying the Word of God. They're preaching good messages, good shouts, good screams, good dance, good falling out, but their lives are not changing because you're not being taught the unadulterated Word of God with clarity and understanding, and you are not falling in love with Jesus. And I'm telling you right now that if the motive that if you are giving to a church that you are not being fed, that is not a storehouse, you will partake of every demonic power, all struggles, all cur- everything that you're sowing to do, you will become a product of that. But when you sow into a ministry where the word of God is being taught with clarity, with precision, where lives are being changed, you become a partaker of everything that is on that ministry, that anointing, that breakthrough, that power. Oh, you become a partaker of that anointing. Your motive has to be right in your giving. And some of you have not been blessed because your motive is wrong. I want to say this and I'm done for the next five minutes. The Lord said to me something so profound today, and it changed my life. He said, when you stand before the mercy seat of Christ, I'm not judging your actions. I'm not judging your smoking your cigarette, your having sex. I'm not judging your committing adultery. All right, I'm not judging that. You know what I'm judging? When you stand before me, I'm judging your motives. 
Even if you sing in the choir, why are you singing? If you preach, if you give, if you sing, if you prophesy, if you go to church, why are you doing it? If your motive is wrong, that's what's coming under judgment. Many shall say, did not I prophesy? That was action. Did not I cast out devil? That was action. Did not I lay hands on the sick? That was action. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Your motives. It is your motive that is coming unto question. He is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. You can do all of the right stuff and be doing it for the wrong reason. Why are you coming to church? Why are you fasting? Why are you living right? Quote, unquote. Why do you dance? Why are you serving your church? Are you doing it out of obligation? Are you doing it because you don't want to hurt someone's feeling? Are you doing it because you believe that that's what God told you to do? Or are you doing it because you're trying to make everybody else happy? God's going to judge that. I'm judging motives. When we stand before the Lord on judgment day, it is your motives that will come into account. Why are you giving? Are you giving because you want something? Are you giving out of selfishness because you want something for yourself? Are you giving because you want uh, this and want that? Are you going to church out of obligation just to feel like you're doing something? Are you singing and serving and it's really what you believe God has called you to do. Or have someone else convinced you that that's what God has called you to do. Why are you serving your church? Why are you serving your parents? Why are you serving your pastor? Why? What's the motive? If you're not sure, if it's not something, how do you know if it's something you really want to do? You don't catch attitudes. You're not complaining about it. You're not upset about it. You're not mad about it. If you're complaining, if you're murmuring, if you're fussing, if you're cussing about it, it's because your motive is wrong. And when we stand before God, God said to me, what I am judging is motives. You come to church, you dance, you shout, you scream, you holler, you fall out, you give. What's your motive? That's the question. You're giving. Are you giving to get? Are you giving out of love? Because if it's not out of love, it profits you nothing. The motive of everything has to be pure. It's making me check myself. Why do you have conversations? Why do you talk? Why do you defend yourself? What's your motive? Why do you say certain things? Why do you talk about what somebody said about you? What's the motive behind it? That's what's coming into question. And that's why only God can judge, because only he knows motives. That's powerful. We see actions, but he sees hearts. We see dances, but he hears thoughts. That's what he discerns, the thoughts and intents of the heart. Purify my motive tonight. Purify my heart tonight. 
when you give, you stop doing something. People stop having sex. Why? Is it because you think if I don't, he's not going to be pleased with me? Is it because you're trying to prove a point? I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke anymore. I don't cuss anymore. All of those are wonderful things. Those are good things to do. Those are the right things to do. But what's your motive? Because if you meet the right man, would you do it? Huh? Are you really not going to not do it? Or is it dependent on who you're around, who you spend time with, how well he makes you feel? Because if that's the reason, your motive is wrong. What's your motive? That's what you need to leave this call, searching your heart. I don't want to miss it because your motives are what's going to come into judgment. This is a powerful word. It's changing my life and making my heart pure again. For only the pure in heart shall see God. Your heart has to be pure before you. 30 people on this call right now without any motive, just out of love, 30 people right now. Do not hesitate. 30 people do not hesitate. Sow a seed of $250. If you don't do it, what's your motive? But if you do do it, what's your motive? Is it out of obedience? I love you, Lord, and whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. Because I'm wholly committed to you. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. If that's your motive, give. There are 30 people right now. BrianCarn.com. BrianCarn.com, BrianCarn.org. P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. Whoever you are. You got 25 minutes to sow a $250 seed. The rest of you on this call, if you have $25 to your name, I command you to sow under this rich anointing. I feel God. There's somebody listening to me right now. God's moving for you. There's somebody listening to me right now. You're running to the altar. Right where you are, you're on your knees. There's somebody listening to me right now. You're saying, change me, Lord. Lord, I want to be different. I want to change. My life is in shambles. I don't like where my life is, but I surrender to you today. There's someone completely resurrendering your life and checking your motives and you're starting over. Let's start over. Tell God, I want to start over with you. I want my motives to be pure. Somebody running to the altar in your home. You laid out on your face right now. And you're saying, Lord, purify my heart. Search me, O God, and try me. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Today. Right now. Everything that you're not doing, why you're not doing it? Because if your motive is wrong, you might as well do it. Because when you stand before heaven, he's judging your motives. And I love him. I love him with every fiber of my being. There are 30 people right now. 
sow your seed. You have 25 minutes to sow a $250 seed. There are 30 of you. Whenever you should hear this, sow it now. Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Don't say, I got to see. Move now. And the rest of you on this call, that has $25 to your name. If you're listening through podcasts, if you're listening by phone, right now, sow this seed in faith. Because you believe that Christ has provided. And your motive has to be clear. Whoever you are, you got 22 minutes now maybe 20, sow that seed. I'm giving it first. This one time I really feel the Lord wants me to sow into the ministry. Sometimes I don't because I never want to feel like I'm just sowing it to myself. But I'm sowing into this anointing, $250. There are 30 people. You have 25 minutes to sow your $250 seed. And every person under the sound of my voice that has $25 to your name, so if you don't, are you not doing it because you, you don't know if you have the money? Are you not doing it because you don't trust him? Are you not doing it because you, you, you don't believe he'll come through? What's your motive? I love you. I'm praying for you. For the rest of your life, every decision you make, Ask yourself, what's my motive? Because that's what heaven is going to judge. At me on Instagram, at me on Facebook, at me on Twitter, and say, what is your motive? Or say, God is, you know, say God is purifying my heart. Or you can put purify my heart. And everyone who sold, you need to sow now. You have 15 minutes to sow in faith. Go to that website, briancarn.com, briancarn.org. Or you can go. And so at P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. That's the first thing tomorrow. But don't miss this. I love you. What's your motive? Move now. Bye.